the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Sheila Regan, Bridget McDowell, and Pablo Miranda. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Eric Silva Brenneman. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome, welcome to another Minnesota Football Show. It is a beautiful, beautiful day for, I suppose, a number of reasons. It's it's about 70 degrees outside. I've already been working outdoors. And uh, there was some breaking news, as it were. Uh, about two hours ago, we usually record on Saturdays. And in fact, today is... Uh, Saturday, November 7th, which is assuming a day that will go down in history. And um, yeah, everybody has drinks. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get the photo out. Um, I am drinking one of my uh, wines. It's a 2018 Frontenac from our grapevine. Uh, Bridget, you had a, it was like That's a stout. A, no, it's a wild state cider from cider. Yeah. And not to be outdone, Rodrigo kind of topped us all <laughs> with it. You want to tell him, Rodrigo? Go for it. No, I opened my bottle of Pisco. I only have two bottles of Pisco left. And because of the pandemic, I can't get any more. Like, I'm not talking like cheap bottles. I'm talking like good bottles. <laughs> so it had to be a good occasion. I'm celebrating because we won't have Stephen Miller anymore. That's my main thing. <laughs> yeah. I got a good shot. In fact, let me let's start with this because this this was a late question coming in from our friends at uh, at uh, Two United Fans, another great podcast. All friends of the show, all, they've all been on this program. Uh, listeners should also listen to that one. But I'll let you kind of stew on this one, and we'll come back to it at the end. So they ask, you have to fill Biden's cabinet with loons. Who do you choose, and what positions? So just let that float. We'll come back to it. All right. It is. It is. Um, So let's start with some local stuff here. Just going from our theme of last week where we're like, oh, Minneapolis City is doing all this great uh, groundbreaking revolutionary work with uh, hiring women staff. As they do, they up to themselves. They're like, we're going to just keep piling on and going, going, going the distance, pushing it farther. They announce uh, Tori Burnett as their assistant coach, a new assistant coach. She was with uh, the Golden Gophers. And apparently was the assistant coach over at McAllister, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. I mean, what can you say? They just, (laughs) I I didn't even know how to, you know, it's like you break one wall and think you're done. They're like, no, we're going to break a few more. Just keep going. going. Yeah. And I mean, those, those guys are super excited um, to have her and Allie on, but uh, I think it was Matt was saying that, he has seen Tori coach and immediately thought it would be really great to have her with us. So to yeah, see no, I'm, I'm excited to, I mean, not only Allie, but just, just to see how like this, this, this uh, trickles down or the involvement in the aspects of Minneapolis futures and how this is going yeah. to be a, in, an ongoing um, partnership. It's, it's, it's really exciting in that aspect of it, specifically yeah, since we definitely. don't have exciting youth development news. This is this is something good to 
to to to hear that we have not only hiring uh, exceptional coaching, but also being able to um, give opportunities to people who deserve them. And so that's the thing. That's 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 what I'm I'm really excited about. So, so I I know um, I'm making a pledge now. I'm making a commitment. I'm actually going to uh, after this podcast because I'm going to go in there. I'm actually going to become a member of Minneapolis City. So yeah, buddy. I believe, Join the I believe party. in that aspect of it. And I want to have voting power because who knows if I have voting power anytime soon. Well, it's perfect time because we actually have a, a member meeting on the 11th, which is Wednesday? Yeah. Third? Wednesday. Wednesday sounds right. Yeah. So we're, I'm sure a lot of these topics that you just mentioned, Brother Diggo, are, are going uh, to be bullet points and we'll have a little more clarity for listeners next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super cool. I mean, just awesome, awesome, awesome. Always consistently. Um, so, so last episode, um, listeners, as you know, we record on Saturdays and then games happen on Sundays, which will happen again this week sometimes. And news always happens an hour after we stop recording because that's exactly, exactly. That's correct. That's correct. And we we alluded to this, like we basically. Essentially, we predicted. We're just going to say we're going to take the credit. We predicted it because um, we said we looked at this. We just it doesn't take a rocket scientist. We looked at the the fact that Minnesota United had COVID positive players. Colorado had months long COVID positive situations, and one plus one apparently equals two. <laughs> so I'm told. It's really weird. <laughs> and and so a player was a Minnesota United player tested positive um, basically right after we got done recording. I mean, I'm sure they knew they just released it after we got to recording and they were pretty fast on this one. I think it was just within a couple hours after that, the uh, entire match with Kansas city was canceled. Yeah. I think that was, was, that was the leak this decision after, uh, after United disclosed. So at least, I mean, at least this time we got like 24 hours notice. Unlike the last time around when it was about the time hours. showing up to cover the game and players right. were about to go out for warmups and that's when they called it off. But And Rodrigo kind of nailed this one too. I mean, we, we were talking about the gentleman's agreement in a different context, but this kind of ended up being a gentleman's agreement of we're both in the playoffs. It's not worth it. Let it go. <laughs> exactly. So we have nothing to say about uh, the SKC nope. game that never happened. Nope. I mean, it helps uh, us, right? Because it means our point, our, our points per exactly for points per games that the MLS is basing that just just goes up a little bit more, and yeah. everything's so tight in this. In this, it's just going to be interesting we'll that how in that sec. works. Oh yeah. yeah, I did hear that the SKC folks, some of them, just the supporters. I'm sure the players maybe weren't so mad, but the supporters were a little perturbed about that. It was helping them. Like, man, you guys are number one in the division. Relax. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> You're playing uh, yes. So, <laughs> nutmeg news, of course, always on the tip. <laughs> they were ready. Oh, they're ready for it. So here's the headline: uh, MLS to use healthy PPG players per game system to determine playoff seating, which is, is perfect. <laughs> they were ready for it. They just I had that one queued up. They've been, oh God, they've been on top of every strange thing that has happened. And then, and then not to be outdone to, for the USL, here they go again. 
uh, Nutmeg says, USL announces that championship will go to team with least amount of racial and homophobic slurs during the 2020 season. <laughs> oh, also on point. <laughs> uh, gotta love them. Got to love them. So, even though Minnesota did not play, there was a, a fixture table for um, last weekend for Sunday the 11th, uh, the 1st, rather, November 1st. And what do you all see here? Any any big interesting standouts? Uh, New York City FC got a pretty big win, 5-2 over the uh, Red Bulls in their little derby. Um, who else? Big win for Colorado. Yep. 3-1 over the Sounders. I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming. And uh, I was listening to the uh, Extra Time crew, and a lot of them were kind of agreeing that Colorado's kind of peaking late, but they're peaking right now, which could throw some things in whack. And if they have that momentum, uh, they might be – even if they're, they're a bottom seed, they might be a tough one. And uh, I don't know. Any other ones you all noticed or want to talk about? Columbus over that, Philly, 2-1. That Colorado yeah. game was interesting because it wasn't like, you know – the whole bench of Seattle was playing, right? I mean, you had Rui Diaz, you had, you know, you had a bunch of players that, you know, they're yeah. starting 11 caliber. That's just, yeah, it wasn't Colorado right. played well. That's, that's, that's the thing. I think they played well and they were able to take advantage of, uh, of their counters. I thought, um, you know, I thought that was, that was interesting. I also think, oh, that New England, New England DC United game. I watched that game and oh my God. That was that was nuts. That was like back to Orlando type of thing. That's, yeah, I mean, DC is showing that they can function without a coach, um, and actually like put up a fight through an entire match, which right. we haven't seen from them uh, right. until like this month. So yeah, and Edison Flores had two just first MLS assists and a second MLS assist. Like the first one was beautiful, the second one was two. Is like, and so like. You know, DC United is the only team that has two Peruvians on their team. So hopefully they'll be able to do more down next year. But, you know, as it stands right now, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was one of those things. New England looks nice, but. Yeah, they're, just, they're pretty high up in the, where are they in the, in the uh, lineup for playoffs? Uh, I want to say they're. We'll, we'll, we'll check like, on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not nearly as familiar with the, with the East just because. It's it's you know Philly and Toronto movement in the east, so it's right. Well, while you look on that, um, Orlando won as well. Portland wins over Vancouver. Did I get this right? What was the? I, I didn't even get the the final score of Galaxy Salt Lake. Did Galaxy actually win that? I believe so. Okay, there you go. Uh, so New New England is sixth right now. Okay. Um, and they, of course, they don't have the points per game updated in the app. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it looks like they're sixth. <laughs> Not everything has been updated for the the new standards. Uh, sure. But yeah, so they're up there. All right on. Well, let's let's go to the match that did happen on Wednesday, the third. We had uh, Minnesota United against Chicago Fire with the new Atari Atari Teenage Riot logo. <laughs> I remember seeing that band; they were they were wild. It was such a weird lineup. Whenever I think of Atari Teenage Riot, 
it was um, so they opened. The Roots played second, and Beck was the headliner. It was one of the weirder what? shows. Wow. It was a very, yeah, just it was it was hard to transition between all those groups. And this is the point where the the Roots only had what I think maybe just their second album, so they weren't like nationally big yet. Yeah. And I mean, they just blew me away. Like I wasn't even interested in Beck by the time he started. <laughs> Beck's kind of a disappointment after those two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, this thing ends with a tie, 2-2. And as tends to be the theme with a lot of these matches, tale of two halves. Here we go again. It's it's getting old. It keeps happening. It's mm -hmm. getting old. Um, so we, we mentioned the COVID infections. We we didn't have box all, but I don't think that's necessarily speculation of 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 the COVID, I, I think. No, that, Go ahead. That was injury. He, yeah. the, the last time the... he had uh, collided with the post, he actually Correct. ended up with a fairly large gash across his knee. So, um, yeah, they were definitely resting him and uh, no, no evidence to speculate otherwise. Right. That's what I assumed as well. It was from that post collision. Yeah. Um, so we don't know, and that's fine. But I, I guess I bring Boxall up to start this whole thing because holy crap was it apparent his presence <laughs> when he's not on the field or the fact yep. of his lack of the lack of his presence maybe is the way to see it to say it um wow so where do you want to start because basically the entire first half was all chicago and in a way they're probably lucky they only scored two. Oh yeah it should have been like five zero by halftime at least um it was it was good old 2017 2018 again um you know no boxy and and chase gasper was out again as well um we don't really know much about that situation so we could speculate there but um yeah with Coleman and aha in the back metonair as usual on the right side uh debasi was playing left again We've seen plenty of AHA, and he's played with that lineup, but uh, putting Kalman in there, I think, threw things off quite a bit. Um, there was, like, no communication. Everyone was kind of doing their own thing. So it was it was definitely rough. They made it through. Um, I had just been about to tweet that it, we made it through 10 minutes without conceding a goal. I'm like... I saw that matches with the with Jinx that it. kind of lineup, <laughs> and then in the eleventh minute, Chicago scores. So <laughs> yes, um, so that was uh, Barrich puts that one in, and this was this was mostly Frankowski doing the work. He just he just beat Debassy. I mean, that was just a oh, foot yeah. race where he just took him on and left him in the dust. Yeah, uh, and perfect cross. Uh, Jose Aja, ball watching is what I wrote. He, really i mean I, I on the replay i was specifically watching what was going on in the box his feet do not leave the ground he's just no. hanging out no he's like he's like groot i am groot plants himself down and that's <laughs> that's 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 what, what it is but but me and, me and bridget talked about this earlier was that um you know we addressed this earlier is like one of the reasons that chicago scares me is because that midfield passes to defeat so well mm -hmm. and they take advantage of space so well if they had someone that could finish for them, like it's it's aberrant that they could actually be really well. Their defense sucks because yeah. they have a 
even though they have a, a, a decent uh, transformation from a midfielder to a defender, there's still, you know, gaps into the aspect of how to, how to, how to deal with it. But their midfield is always like, when I watch them, it's like, it's, it's, it's nice how they do those quick touches and the quick passes yeah. into space. And that's, that's where, that's where we get beat all the time. Now it's just, it's just have players, you know, beat us in space. And it was really like frustrating to watch. And, 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 and I, I, and like totally understand what was going on in the aspect of it. And, and I love watching the bickering too. Like, I think there was a point where Calma was asking for the ball and uh, our young goalkeeper waved him off and, decided to do that and i mean like it's like it's like someone was trying at least we saw someone was trying to take control of what that yeah. defense was going to be like and i think he was um, there's a lot of miscommunication he was trying to st Clair was trying to run that back line um but when you yeah it's, with playing against that midfield when you've got guys who just want to press forward and they're so used to needing to um really start those counters and get the ball up to Minnesota's attackers that, you know, you've got Debasi running forward and Aha just kind of plants himself there because partly because he, he really can't leave. He gets left alone back there. Debasi and Metinair on, on attack the, the entire night. Um, and then, yeah, Chicago just takes advantage of that. You see Debasi go off for a run and they just turn around and, and fill that, that gap. So, it, here's one that oh go ahead let's finish no, you're, you're good i was just gonna say one that didn't materialize that looked like it was totally gonna be a goal in about the 25th minute is uh dsc comes out to scramble and make a save mm -hmm. which was probably the right move but then he was pretty exposed and had a huge open goal in the back and the shot they actually get the shot off and somehow aha is in the right spot to basically yeah, play thank God fake, fake keeper move out of the box because he right. was right down the line and ready to go for that. Exactly. So that was that was a tense one for sure, um, but it didn't hold for very long because then all of a sudden, uh, I guess well, so one nil at the half. I, I said it was two nil. One nil at the half time. At halftime, everything we've talked about valid. But then it, again, the kryptonite is like the first five to ten minutes in the start of the second half. <laughs> which pans out here, 53rd. Um, Coleman just makes a really, really bad clearance and ends up on his ass. That's actually what I put in the notes, <laughs> on his ass. <laughs> um, and Pineda's right there to basically pick it up and put it away, 2-0. And that one was kind of a mess in the box. You had Barrett right there. You had um, the, the one with the really long name. That's all consonants, which I can't think of right now. Um, mm. But there's there's three attackers in the box, like between St. Clair and uh, Coleman. And it kind of like ping pongs off of each of them and like in, into the post and finally into the net. That's uh, right. That one, it was so close. And Dane is right there. He had his hands on it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those weird kind of garbage goals that they had so many chances and it really should have been like 5-0. Yeah, and then they they go up two zero on that on that particular goal. But Rodrigo, you kind of predicted this last episode. You said while they struggle in defense, hashtag that's our Frankie. Uh, we'll get there in a sec. Uh, that their midfield and attack is significantly more potent than Minnesota, and if they could get things moving, that you know it was going to be a rough night. Yeah, I, I think we got lucky to be honest, and I think 
um, like we had a lot of players played in different positions that they're not used to. Like Hairston was playing in the midfield as a holding and like he wasn't demanding for the ball and wasn't trying to, to do that. So there was a lot of like, not a lot of movement out of that. Um, my main thing for this game was the fact that for, for at least the past three or four games is Molino has not been playing the way that he should be played. And usually we say Molino's coming back from an injury, but that's not the fact in this moment. <laughs> Molino's been getting as much playing time as anybody, even out even more. That's and so it true. just seems that he can't get, can't make that recognition of space fast enough. He looks tired. He just looks tired. And, and I don't, and I don't get it because we know that when he's out there, like, uh, he, he usually is pretty decent, um, yeah. and and we've seen him really function well as a super sub. And I don't know if that's a role that we should explore now because now we've been beginning to get Lude more on the left because the way that this works is you can't put Finley on the left for some reason, so he has to play on the right. So then the default person out is Lude, and the reason that it's being more successful now than previous times is because those four or five games in which Lude was played on the right built his confidence up. And now that he knows that he can get the ball and people actually look to get him the ball, we know that at least something is willing to to happen, that there's a chance of something happening. And he and, and Lude had a good game in a sense, like he was creating, yeah. he was doing that. But Molino, like there are so many times where like Kai Kamara was looking to split the the center backs and totally had the opportunity to do so. And I think one of the most highlighted moments for me in this game was it was a breakaway. Molina was in the ball. Kai Kamara was, was trying to split the defense. There was a window. There was two different options for Molino. And you had the bossy running down the left side, like making a run, and he was open as well too. And Molino chose waited too long to make that pass in that decision. And because there's no fans in the stadium, you heard the bossy scream in frustration. <laughs> right? Like he literally screamed and he stopped. I don't know if I anyone noticed that. that, but I did. And I was like, no, wow. It, yeah. You could hear him and the pam- the camera actually kind of panned back to him uh, when they went back to show the, the goal kick to go the other way and he's still standing there like stomping his feet on the ground and screaming oh wow i'll see if i can find that <laughs> I, I, I love cursing in french so i'd like to see if he drops some uh some time I, I don't think no he was just like a. it was it like was a more scream like, of frustration he just yeah, let it all out because we know that we're not getting our offense from our left hand side we don't create offense from the left very much off and the boss he's trying to provide that but he makes a run, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's 100% fit, but he makes a long run to be able to go out there. Now having to cover back on the fact that he had a chance, yeah, it's extremely frustrating. And I think that's why it was like it was happening over and over again. Like we've, when he's gotten, when the bus has gotten the ball on the left-hand side, he's tried to dribble it into the box. I'll give him credit for that. Has he been successful? 50-50, right? But he does cross the ball better than Chase. It's more on target on that aspect of it. So there's there's that. But that's how Molino has been playing literally the past four games. It's just frustrating to watch. Well said. You it's right his on. own fault. And it's the confidence aspect of it, right? Because you want to be able to hit that ball on a, a, a good time to be able to split those defenders. Because 
if you watch our forwards lately, that's what they're trying to do. And it wasn't more evident than that in this game. Because this was Kai Kamara's best game so far as a loon, even though he didn't score. He created lots of opportunities. He really played that that back line really well. You guys remember that one play where um, I don't know who fed him the ball, but he literally just turned around and beat Cabo. And it was it was a run to the goal and try to see who beat yep. it. And he passed it off to somebody else, and it didn't go in. Like, like I think it was Lude or somebody else or Finley. Um, but th- those are the things that you want, right? Able to keep that backline yeah. honest. And if we were doing that, we 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 could be more successful. And I think uh, if I think that's that's why like Kai Kamara is is good in the aspect of creating that aspect of space. But we try that, right? That's why we had a toy. That's why we had a Christian Ramirez for. That's why we had all these like different types of forwards that could do that, and we never really exploited that. But it was more evident in this game, like when Schoenfeld came on too, is that he was trying to do the same thing. He was waiting for someone to feed him the ball so he can go out, run someone and, and do that. Right. I wanted to go back and, to your super sub comment. If I, if I may really quick, um, because we do have the super sub that happens to be recovering from the, from the COVID and Bebelo, Bebelo comes in at the 60th minute and I, I, granted I'm listening to the radio, so I don't have the direct uh, uh, visual that you two had. But just from listening and hearing the amount of movement and everything that kind of changed, I mean, there was a drastic energy change, like oh, yeah. right when he came on, it felt like, which yeah. then leads to five minutes later where the loons score and he's directly involved. Yep. Um, it's a free kick. Bebelo takes it. Nice little curve. And basically, I don't think AHA really did much. He basically no. put, kicked the ball onto AHA's head. Yeah. <laughs> He, he was right place, right time, and the perfect reaction. Yeah. So there you so go. But yeah. I think I, going back to what Rodrigo was saying, I think it was interesting this match because you see uh, Kamara's doing all that work up front. You almost forgot that he was there. Mm. Like we didn't hear his name for a good 30, 40 minutes. And then suddenly they're talking about Kamara and like only in like a background information sense, like they weren't even commenting on, you know, his play on the field. But it was like, wait, we haven't even seen this guy. But if you go back and, you know, watch some of the video and the wider screenshots, you see that he's up there doing the work, but the ball never gets close enough for him to get like any attention up front. Um, so he was, he was doing it all. And then you finally see Reynoso comes on and everyone finally looks ahead looks straight towards the goal and goes, oh, hey, we can maybe get the ball forward now. And everyone starts pressing forward right away. It was it was a huge shift. Yeah. And then getting right on. getting uh, showing who, up there too. Yeah. Who wants to take the second goal then? Because all of a sudden now we got all this momentum building and it leads to right. number two. I, I'd like to just go back quickly to what oh, Eric please. mentioned. Um, just the fact that it was a setup play and Reynoso hit that ball. And how many times have we seen Aha get close, get ahead on, and to be able to score a goal in that matter was was huge. Mm-hmm. But for me, is I love celebrating center back goals. Like that's one of my favorite things. Like in in American football, like when a line no not when a linebacker, but like a defensive lineman. <laughs> scores a touchdown. It's like one of the funnest things to see. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I really enjoyed 
every time our center backs have scored. So when Boxy did it, I celebrated the heck out of that. Um, I still remember that San Jose goal. He dribbled it all the way pretty much up to him and then eventually ricocheted some defender and he was able to score. Like that's one of my favorite Minnesota United moments. But it, it, it comes to the understanding. This was AHA's first goal, I think, too, right, for the team? Yeah, it's his first goal, yeah. right? Is that the system that we currently are in, and people sometimes argue with me on this, is not built for our forwards to be the main source of scoring goals. It's built currently to be able to have our midfielders or our wingers do that. And if you look at Lud, he has, what, seven goals? You look at Molino, he has seven plus goals. You're looking at 14, 15 goals yeah. right there, which is what a forward, usually like a really successful forward, does that. If you look at currently at the, yeah. at the, at the stats for MLS, uh, Diego Rossi has 14 goals, right? Right. That's what that, that so, and, and if you look at our forwards right now, the leading forward scoring is Totina Marija. And he just recently had today, he just came out of uh, ankle surgery, yeah. which, means right as, as as bridget had alluded to a previous podcast is that if we if he does a surgery away from the united states that could mean that he's going back right or he's being thrown back but the fact that um the fact that he it was done here it seems that it was done here it means that yeah you know there's a chance that he's probably going to come back for minnesota united yeah now the question is can we with a Reynoso in the system, can we get a forward to score 10 goals? I think it's totally true. We can. But it relies on us having to make that, that defense and the center backs honest. So I think it's playing into space, right? Try to split them. Play it into space, make someone make that run, which, which, which I would love to see. Because we are so much focused as using our left back and our right back to be able to give us that width and go forward on the wings, but never go middle. I want us to go middle, then out, middle, then out. I think that's one of the things where we become more successful. Well, this one, that's, that's, that's where we're going to lead, but. Oh, no, it's a that, good segue uh, because the second goal does kind of go middle, right? This, this was, uh, this was the, that's my Frankie moment, but I mean, um, it was Metinair, right? Metinair has that beautiful cross. Um, I'm trying to remember how this one all pans out. He brings it down, crosses it. Calvo's ball watching and Lud like one time. Oh no, Lud heads it. Yeah, it went like basically right past Calvo and Lud was was camped out ready to go. So that I think that one makes him even with Molino on goals. I think they're both eight eight now. I'd have to double check, but um, yeah, that was right down the center. Uh, things that, that we've seen them try so many times and that just haven't come off so far. But, uh, yeah, you put Keldo in there, and it works out really well. That's our yeah. Frankie. Not <laughs> only that, but that Need was coming theme from song. The... <laughs> But that was coming from the right side, right? The cross coming from the right yeah. side, from our, from our view. Yeah. So, and yeah. Lude was the first person there to be able to put a nice header in a, in a beautiful goal. Like, that was, Those that was were pretty. precisely the crosses that uh, just a year ago we were – complaining that Metinair kept making and getting nowhere and uh this one came up yeah it's great so two two there I'm gonna ask you both of you two for this one because again uh didn't get to see it but apparently something happened in the 83rd where there was a no call and all the commentators were 
really up, up in arms, kind of freaking out about yeah. how is this not a... Go ahead, take it. Bridget. I want to say it was Hayes was taken down inside the box. Had the defender just coming like right at his back and he got shoved down. I don't remember who the defender was, but just came running at him, going not even going for the ball. Hayes kind of toe pokes it forward and they just... Was that was that Hairston? Because I don't think he's playing because yeah, he was no, injured. Yeah, that's right. It was Hairston. But they he just he went down hard. It was like a blind body check from behind. Um, and that was in the box, you said. So that could have been a PK. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It should have, it should have been. That's but why I, they were going I bananas. Think, uh, okay. The linesmen. I think they... Linesmen were probably lined up in a way that made it look like he was going for the ball. But interesting from the from the first angle that they showed, like as you're watching the match, it was he's yeah. definitely. Is, is this the Bebelo, um play where he was dribbling the ball and the the friend kind of knocked it out and looked like he hit him, but he did. There was a, uh, there's another time when that happened too, but yeah, there, one there of the things is like Eric Eric always says is and it ends up being is where we're we're a team of second half, right? Where it's the game of two halves, and yeah. and that's really how this is, right? And, and it's evident to anyone who watches his team or watches his team more than two or three games that when Reynoso plays, we become more more fluid and a much better team. But if anyone notices, all the defenders like to hit him in the ankles all the time. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And he so... He got beat up. He got yeah. beat up in the ankles a lot this game too. And he was able to do that. And he also was trying to shoot from his left hand with his left foot. So that was that was good to see. But I think in the second half, Harrison was someone who finally was able to connect passes. And his job was to connect passes. I thought Gregus had a much better game. Right? Um, and he actually tried to step up and be that creating force in some of those times. And so, like, I appreciated Gregus' effort in that aspect of it. I, I think there is some times where we don't know who's going to step up. And unfortunately, it looks like for this season, it's going to be one of those rotating chairs. We don't know who's going to do it. right? Yeah. But we know that when Reynosa comes in, he's the one that's going to demand the aspect of the creativity. Let me ask and, you about the 90. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Please. go ahead. I was just going to ask about the 91st because this is a situation too where it looked like Pineda had scored a goal. They go to VAR, uh, gets called off. The, the joke was that it was the, uh, the demigod, demi hand of God, but then it ends up not being the hand that uh, one of the other guys that Barrett was offside. I don't know. Can, can somebody else that, that visually saw it maybe elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, it was a, it was a corner, I believe, right? Yeah. Bridget. Yeah, and in it, um, um, D- Saint Clair was able to have one save, but then the ball kind of ricochets and goes to the back post, in which um, which Pineda touches it right, and he is onside, but yeah. then Barrick, who was offside, in order to make sure it goes in, uses his thigh to push the ball into yeah. the net. And that was the offside because Barrick was uh, offsides and he used yeah. his thigh. Now, if Barrick had not touched the ball, it would have been it would have been a goal. That's, so, and I think, that's the greediness. That's, Thank you, greediness. That's the one that I was, yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of when we talked about Chicago's second goal earlier. Um, so I don't remember their actual second goal. Uh, but, 
Yeah, this one, I think it was hard to tell who was outside just because everyone was right up front in the box. Uh, so that one took a while to review. I mean, they were they were in the third minute of four minutes added and then had to add another three because of the length of the, of the video review. Um, so it, yeah, that one was a mess. If he had just let Pineda take it and go in, it definitely it would have been a goal. Yeah, I think the second goal it was was uh, when like, and this is like the clearances in our box that, for the yeah. first half were horrible, yeah. and I think it was one of those clearances when which Coleman like didn't boot the ball hard enough and it just really rolled into um um oh geez what's his name um, yeah uh, Pineda and he was able to take a shot so that's the oh, second goal and then he fell on you can clear the ball but the second the third goal that could have happened was one of those. Where it was uh, offside call, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But here's my question into this whole situation, and and, and maybe and, and maybe Eric can help me out because he might watch highlights from La Liga more than I do. But literally in a in a in La Liga in a La Liga game, um, our favorite Uruguayan Luis Suarez got a yellow card for oh, trying to there. watch, it's right? There. For trying to watch <laughs> the VAR replay on the oh, yeah. VAR TV. Now, he in does, this he game, does the, the, the creepy stalker like looks over right, his shoulder. Right, the ref, right, ref, right, like, right, what are you right. doing? <laughs> right. But in this game, you had Francisco Cabo and somebody else literally right up on that line watching it with the with, with the referee as well. So I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out oh, is there true. a league rule in EPA and La Liga that is different than MLS in which you can't you can't do that because literally you 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 had like two people there watching the replay just to try That's to a figure good things no. out. And, I, I, I and don't. that was the interesting thing for me. It was like I was like, well, if yeah. Luis Suarez gets a yellow, well then Frankie should get a yellow, which then in that case would mean it would be a double yellow. Mm-hmm. Right? It which I red. think it is I think it is a rule in MLS that you can't watch, but they were they were uh, a bit more subtle about it than Suarez who was kind of like definitely just lurking over his shoulder. Yeah, like right lurking is a good word. That was sitting there. Um, and Calvo and, and those guys were just, I mean, they were there kind of looking towards the camera. So I think they had, they were, they would have been able to make an argument that they weren't actually like standing there watching, but they were watching the ref and re- waiting for the decision. Um, no, I mean, from, from my point of view, it was pretty obvious that there was a group of them on the line watching the TV more than they were watching the ref. But as a, again, like we don't know who makes those that the, that is that the fourth referee's job to figure that out, which I'm assuming it should be. Yeah. But in that in that someone, in that stance of situation, you should be more while consistent. The, while the center official is doing that, yeah. But. Well, we get out of this thing, uh, folks, with a, a two-two tie, so we still get a point. Um, we're still talking about all the same issues that we normally do. It seems like every week and this lack of consistency in the back line of people in and out and, uh, Rodrigo's well-taken points on the attack. Um, I, we'll talk about this, the playoff picture in a second. It, it doesn't seem like it really changed a whole lot, but we have to mention the, the Adrian Heath post-match. <laughs> what do I want to call it? Bridget, you're laughing. <laughs> What is that? Like, like literally, my concern was like, what drugs is he on when he tried to you know make I, that confirmation? Here's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it his, because now all, all actors have to do auditions by by video for, for different roles and things. So I think this is the Adrian Heath audition 
for the next Guy Ritchie flick. He wants to be the next Bricktop. Snatch two. Snatch two. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> it was just this. Yeah, I, I can't even call recall it off the top of my head, but it, there was just some golden lines like, he, he "What are you like, doing? <laughs> running and tackling and moving the ball forward." Everyone knows about tactics. It's about running, tackling, and moving the ball forward. It's um, yeah. I mean, I think it was equal parts shots at his players and shots at the media and anyone who has ever uttered the word Minnesota United. Um, media slash supporters. Yeah, everyone's a critic, and he was going after everyone. It was just the weirdest random explosion, and and I think even the. Uh, Cal and, and the, the commentators just like, what do we do with yeah, this? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> that much stranger now just because he's down there like alone on the sideline talking into a microphone and headphones. Um, so he can just like throw the headset down. Um, when I so Bruce McGuire posted the video of it and I retweeted it and I was like, this is it's seriously the strangest thing that I've seen since um, it was 2018 or 20, it might've been 2017. Um, the year that we gave up the the big lead uh, back at TCF and he went into the locker room and we won the game, but he went into the locker room and just screamed and cursed out the players. So their families and their kids are in the hallway and we can hear them from the press room, <laughs> like 200 feet down of a couple cinder block walls away. Um, and poor Jamie Watson had to interview him uh, in the midst of that uh, that uh, rant, we'll call it. Wow. Um, so it's it's kind of hilarious to watch it when they're just like sitting down there alone on the sideline, talking into a microphone, then throwing it down and walking away. And then you camera cuts to Cal and Kendra, and they're just <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Coach. He's, I mean, he's long gone, and they're up there thanking him for his time. Yeah, I, I think my request for for uh, younger listeners that that are on the TikTok, if somebody can do an Adrian Heath TikTok video with that audio, please, please, please send it our way. We'll take care of the rest. <laughs> let's let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about the the playoffs and some internationals. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. Okay, we are back on the Minnesota Football Show. Rodrigo is here. Bridget is here. My name is Eric. Uh, there's... Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me get some more Pisco into my drink. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please, please, please. Drink. I was just going to say there, there's action happening apparently over at the George Floyd Square Autonomous Zone. They got helicopters in the neighborhood. So I might uh, hop on the bicicleta and see what's going on once we wrap up here. Hopefully all is well. Maybe it's just some uh, it looks, election celebrations and things. It looks are just celebratory. There's some, some dancing and chanting going on. Right on. Excellent. That's good to hear. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about... The Reno team, we, we just acquired those three players we mentioned last week. And then it was revealed, when was this, like Wednesday or Thursday, kind of midweek, 
that uh, the entire team's folding. Yeah. So uh, kind of a, a surprise to everyone. I think we all found out at the same time that the Reno players and staff found out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the team that finished top of USL uh, just couldn't quite survive COVID and the uncertainty. And so there's kind God's of theory that they'll be our next USL affiliate. Right. So, right. That's not going to happen now. <laughs> and it kind of leads one to believe that maybe the, the uh, Minnesota United and some of the other teams were aware maybe that this was going to drop. And so whew, grab, grab as many and as you can. Type why, thing. Maybe that's why we were able to pick up three players without uh, trading off something. Right. Right. But I, I mean, my question would be like, I don't know anything about Reno, um, uh, the Reno team, but are these three players our best players? Like, like if I was going to pick up somebody, I pick up the best players knowing that their team's going to fold. So, but I mean, someone was asking Jeff Ruder about that, about how, whether they're, was that you, Rod, asking about whether they're like the top of the uh, lineup for them? But he said, yeah, they're, they're like in the top 10 in the league. No, so. but uh, credit, you know, cause I, cause I like Jeff. So I'll take the credit if, <laughs> if it wasn't me. <laughs> There's so many conversations going back and forth around that. And, well, we know the one guy, the, the the Game of Thrones name guy. He he was one of the best yeah, strikers probably. in the entire league. So, yep, former Portland Timber. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna call yeah. him House Lannister. That's that's there it from go. now on. <laughs> I can't wait. If we, my hope is that the reason that we made these picks is for depth, obviously, right? Yeah. Because yeah. technically, we only have two forwards on, on on it, so we have a third forward to add on to. So that makes it more. Uh, palatable to play yeah. our forwards when we feel like it in a sense of like it's, it's we have one extra to make right. make a make a do but on a starting because we, we have a starting is it no it's just, it's a rotation of 20 right 20 players so far in this and i'm assuming yeah. that's going to go into uh the, the mls playoffs right because yeah. the usual starting usual roster is 18 but now we can roster yeah. 20 so i'm hoping we get to roster an extra attacker I think but I also cool. think that it's we'll um, interesting having to have uh, a person who plays left back um, for that reason. All the videos I saw of Sam was Sam playing in the midfield. And mm. so, like, and, yeah. and I'm not saying I was ex- extremely impressed, right? But, uh, but, I, but I do see the fact that he wants to go forward. And so, like, and I haven't seen any video of him playing as left back. So if someone has the link out there, please tweet it at I think me. He- he might have been left back in college, and they kind of converted him into general, like utility midfielder for Reno. Um, so he's he's played in both areas. It's good. It's good to have that depth back there, um, but it it is a little lopsided. Like there's a lot more depth on the left than there is on the right um, at the at the fullback position as well as the wing. Um, but no, it was interesting. I hadn't read this before, but during the match, uh, when Kendra and Cal are talking about these acquisitions, uh, they were kind of going through them during halftime. Foster Langsdorf, House Lannister, was uh, considering retirement from professional football. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, they probably had some idea that Reno was going down. But um, yeah, he was considering retirement and they offered him a move and he said, yeah, I'll, I'll go play and, and be a depth player. So he's, that's interesting. yeah. Um, 
uh, he's young. He's he's been healthy. I mean, he's been playing plenty of minutes. Um, so it's not like we're, we're picking up some guy who just wasn't playing somewhere else, and we're going to give him minutes here and there. Yeah. Uh, he's. I doubt he'll be the starter because that's not how he throws. But um, it'll be good to have that piece in there. Well, that's a good segue. Let's let's talk about Heath rolling. He gets to do it one more time at the very least. That's tomorrow, uh, MLS decision day. Everybody's going to play and wrap things up and before the playoffs. So they play Dallas um, again. But uh, what, what do you all think for this one? Uh, gentlemen's draw, a uh, gentleman's uh, agreement situation again, Rodrigo, or who? I, right, I'm just right looking now, forward to seeing what my stepdad's attire will be like. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm looking forward That's to. That's true. We, we, decision we, day we do of get... all things. The sexiest man and MLS is going to be able to discuss what kind of attire he picks up from like either a Target <laughs> or from or from like a thrift store. I'm seriously, that's what he's going to do. He's going to like make some kind of combination. Yeah. Like I would sweater. love to see him in a lumberjack flannel oh, jacket yeah. and some like in some like dark stained boot that the, the you know darker uh stonewashed jeans like tight jeans and then wear some tims like if this man wears some tims that is exactly all i'm going to focus on in this game this is excellent tactical analysis yes tactical analysis right <laughs> if lucci is able to distract the audience from minnesota on his outfit it's game over <laughs> Yeah, the game, Great. the match itself is secondary at this point. We're all we're all concerned about Lucci and what he wears. Perfect. So you never know. Uh, great. Well, I, I got nothing to come off of that. <laughs> I was gonna try and roll. I got nothing. <laughs> um, but looking at the standings, they're they're still pretty tight to one another here. So I mean, Portland one, SKC two, both uh, within two points. And then Seattle's right there as, as well with 36, Dallas 34, LAFC and Minnesota tied at 31. LAFC technically get the fifth, I think, right now. San Jose 30, Colorado at 25. I mean, uh, whew, uh, predictions, prognostications. Where, where do you think Minnesota ends up? Look, I mean, do, do you think we win tomorrow, I guess, is the question. Win or tie. I, I think that's what you were saving uh, Reynoso for, right? Because you yeah. want to have a home playoff again, yeah. right? This, that's, that's what's at play. A home playoff bird is what's at play between Dallas and, and Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if we – because uh, if we win, right, with our point points per game, you know, more than likely we'll, we'll, we will be able to overtake LAFC. And that means we would, we we would need LAFC. them to tie, though, right? Tie or, or lose. Right, right. Either one of those. But um, but I think it solidifies more more us to get a home playoff berth if we beat Dallas. And if we beat them by two goals, right? So if it's a 3-1 type of thing, I think that's that that's where, like, the points per game and goals per game is starts being a little bit more of, of, of a decision factor. So, like, I understood why Reynoso didn't come in, but at the same time, I, I think you always want to try to put your, your winning 11 on as much as you can. And I think this game is going to be interesting for that matter. Because we all know how Minnesota weather is like, specifically in November. <laughs> and for crying out loud, I want an orange ball in a playoff field. Yeah, I want an fun. orange ball 
give me an orange ball. We it's like it, seventy right orange now. Ball. Well, they're they're talking about snow by like the end of this week. So I saw that. I saw uh, that. We've got a fifty degree temperature shift coming our way. Well, let let me ask you all this then. So who would who would be who's the opponent that you do not want to see? Because right now we're slotted in against Seattle, and that does not sound fun. I would not want to see. I I feel like Seattle is more beatable than Portland. I, I'm going to go back and forth on this. But okay. I think I'd rather, I'd rather see Seattle than Portland. Because um, if we if we win the match tomorrow, if Minnesota beats Dallas, we could play Dallas. Which I'd be okay with. Yeah, I'm okay with Dallas. If, if can I mean, you run down you know, the uh, the, the Curtis Daniels in the Western that. Conference right now, Eric, just so I can look at that. Sorry. Yes. Um, I guess what pertains to to uh, do you want all of them or just like what's around Minnesota? Just Western Conference. Yeah. All right. So Portland is number one with 38 points. Sporting KC number two with 36. Seattle also tied at 36. Three. Dallas at 4.34. LAFC 31.5. Uh, Minnesota also 31 6, San Jose 7 30, and Colorado 8 25. The team mostly afraid of playing is SKC and, 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 and Seattle. I think LAFC is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? It's extremely dangerous, but if we're able to just control the midfield or just box it in, like you are yeah, able you, to, you know exactly what get a result. LAFC, right? You know what you're getting from LAFC. Bradley has not changed his style of coaching or his style of attacking at all. Right? No matter who's in the eleven, it's it's the same game. So, right. But with with Seattle, you get you know, you know, Seattle will change what needs to be changed, and they have the players to do so. Right? I mean, yep. Ajoa, right. uh, the Brazilian new side midfielder, like didn't get enough playing time, but we know what he can do. I've seen it, you know, like in games. Well, Rui Diaz, Golden Boot Watch, drink. Yeah, we're going to do that right now. He is literally, like, I think two goals away. He's just sitting in third place of scores goal, like most goal, most uh, in the goal tally, in the Golden Boot Watch, right? Diego Rossi is number one, right? And I think he is dangerous in any sense. And if you saw the last game that was, uh, what was it? Who were who they playing last game? Uh Anyways, regardless, oh, it was the Galaxy. Eliminated the Galaxy out of the playoffs. Chicharito finally scores a goal that isn't a PK. And literally at the 91st minute, who scores the, the tying goal? Rui Diaz. Mm-hmm. And I've seen personally live at TCF Stadium, Rui Diaz kill us at the last minute. Yep. Yeah, Seattle does, just does not sound Seattle's not like Portland. Portland, we can play. Portland, we know we can play. Unless somehow we leave Andy Polo alone and then he just has another magnificent strike on the ball. But we can we I think we can handle Portland. I think we've been able to do that. I think well, that one's uh, that one's a farther way out. I'm more thinking what the first match would be, but we'll we'll see. I, I guess we'll, we'll update as as things progress and see what happens right. tomorrow. Like, yeah, but th- those are the teams that scares me. I think LAFC we can handle. Uh you already I've already stated how many times I love to play uh, San Jose, right? <laughs> but um, that's not, not likely to happen anytime soon, yeah. but that's always been my dream. But I, I just think that as long as we get a home playoff game, we have uh, 
better chance of uh, succeeding, right? And and you I guess that's, that brings to the conversation is like, what is our, what, what, what do we want out of this season? Do we want uh, the same thing as last year, just hosting? Or do we want to be able to get a win and move on to the next round? You know what's really going to happen? We're going to do the absolute minimum to end up facing Sporting Kansas City one more time for the season. <laughs> it, it is written. <laughs> uh, I was looking at uh, – so in, in theory, LAFC plays Portland. So we might actually get some help there if, if Portland can take yeah. care of them. That, that, would, that would help. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that and – Obviously, next episode we'll have a better idea. Uh, does the do the playoffs kick in right away, like the following weekend, or is there a week off? I can't remember. I'll pull up the email November fourteenth, right? Email. Okay. I, I only asked because maybe we'll be covering an actual playoff match next week, or regardless, we'll we'll figure that one out. I was going to jump to internationals really quick while you're looking there. So in the Premier League last week, uh, big win for Southampton. They they go four to three against Aston Villa. Uh, Rodrigo's Newcastle beat Everton. Good match there. Um, Arsenal over Man U. A lot of people were talking about that one. And Tottenham 2-1 over Brighton. Southampton, for the first time in their existence, I think, in the Premier League, they were briefly top of the table. I think that already changed as of today. But uh, good on them. We have... uh, U.S. Nationals doing big things in the English Women's League. Rose Lavelle and Sam Mewis for uh, Manchester City got the FA Cup over the last weekend. So congrats to them. It's always cool to see. I'm sure uh, I'm sure your your family was thrilled to see that, or maybe just you personally, Rodrigo. Sorry, I was trying to uh, figure okay. out what DC United's chances are to making the playoffs <laughs> in the aspect of. Uh, of, of like, because in the East is mostly Chicago Fire and DC United, Inter Miami, and Montreal Impact, um, uh, and Atlanta are trying to figure it out. Like, like, like I would love DC United to make it, and just have Frankie give up a goal at the last minute or like That's in the 80th minute to be able to do that. But, um, but who knows, right? And I think uh, we haven't talked about Supporter Shield, even though we had the Supporter Shield experts on a previous podcast yeah it's really coming down between you know philly and toronto and i'm biased i i I like bedoya and and his outspokenness so i i I would totally give it want to see philly do that just for the fact that philly's actually playing well but they're always looking to improve and they've never been able to get to that spot and i'm hoping that philly can can pull it off and and get that so so uh the playoffs the it's november 20th that it starts so two weeks from yesterday um on friday there's two play-in games the single oh that's right on the east and then yep and then round one starts saturday at noon eastern time so we might have a game on by the time we report if we stick with the usual schedule um so saturday sunday and Tuesday, the 24th, okay. would be your first round of the playoffs. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll see how all that pans out. Um, 
this is kind of a sad one. This is related to uh, Borussia Dortmund, one of their long supporters group, the the Jubos or Hubos. I'm not sure how you do it in Deutsch. Aldegundo, como se fala aí Jubos, Hubos em alemão? J-U-B-O-S. J-U-B-O-S. How would you say it in alemão? Jubos. There we go. He's doing the German. Jubos. <laughs> so they, uh, they're a... Uh, they're a radical anti-fascist, uh, anti-commercialization uh, supporters group that, that really took on uh, their, their big thing was when if you guys remember in the Champions League when they played Barcelona and, and those tickets oh, yeah. were like 150 euros or something like that. And they're just like, no. <laughs> and they straight up fought it. And they're just like, and it's either we're either either those prices go down or we're just going to boycott and get everybody else to boycott. And eventually that yeah. got a conversation going. That was them. They did that. And they've done some other really good radical things as well, but uh, yeah, they're they're folding for um, I can't remember the exact reasons, but it's 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 kind of sad just to see a, a a badass supporters group kind of fade away. Yubos. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 sad to hear stuff like that, but like like it's just it's just a weird time in life where things are. Yeah. So you don't you don't never um, you know understand how how. Our supporter groups function, you know, that and specifically in Europe. And so um, that's one of those things too. And it, and it is sad, but, uh, but I just want us to get through this whole mess. Yeah. All of us to come out <laughs> healthier. Uh, it's uh, it's getting rough alcohol, in, in the state less, of Minnesota less, right now. No, dude, dude, don't even Everywhere. talk about that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like when this started, like you know, I'll be like, oh, everything. You know how like everything's divided by circles or six separate. You know the separation thing. Yep. Uh, yep. Six degrees of separation. Like like I, like my circle is getting smaller as people who are being exposed to, and that's that's extremely fucking with my anxiety. Like at, oh, yeah. at, at levels that are. So like if you, you know, um, you know, uh, suffer from mental health, this is like one of these triggered things that happen. So just take time, do something that you know, take a, take your dogs or pets up for, go out for walks, do whatever it is to help you. Normal. Do something normal that that makes you just you know forget about because that's for me that's what has been happening. It's like it's like it's like my circles are getting smaller. People are getting you know exposed more and more, and I'm like. I feel like I need to just be in my bed all day, right? And so, like that—that's yeah. one of the things, right? And so, I think it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a good, you know, we we want our listeners to take care of themselves, to be definitely absolutely. safe, right? To be smart, right? We are human beings. We we want interaction. We crave interaction, and that's, you know, I don't know how many times I I I wanted to text Eric and Bridget, be like, I got Pisco. <laughs> Let's go hang out in my backyard. I got a bonfire going, right? Let's we just definitely need to do that too. And I think we just need to like sit down and chill for a while. Right. I think I think time. if we do six feet or ten separation and do it in my backyard and just burning wood, yeah. you know, that's that's something that we need to work on just for a mind, but but just to be mindful of what we are heading into. And yeah. um and, and and speaking of safety, right? Perfect cue into one of the in my upbringings one of my uh, one of the most impactful players in, in soccer right uh, that doesn't like pepsi but um like coke no matter right um waka 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 he was hospitalized right he was 
It was hospitalized. Uh, I can't remember. It was Diego uh, Armando Maradona. Maybe? I can't remember. What's that? Brain aneurysm. It was something. It was something in the brain. Well, like, it was a hematoma. So pretty much hematoma. the dude yeah. must have fallen somewhere yeah. and taken a hit to the head. A hit to the head and totally not told anyone. That's the only way yeah. this thing, these type of things happen, right? Like you bang your head really hard, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah. And if and I have an older uh, parent, and there's been a chance where I had to take him to the ER because he fell off the bed and like his head hit, and like his eye was swollen. So we were like, dude, we gotta take him to your to the ER and stuff like that. So yeah. like I get that. And if you're right. if you're someone like Maradona who's probably still using something, you don't even know that you hit your head until you're in the right because you're numb, right? Yeah, that but is, one of the things is, is spot on. My favorite things is that for your 60th birthday, and and this is how petty he is, and how like still, uh, the reasons why I I love his attitude, but not the person that he is, in a sense, just like Ronaldinho and just like mm-hmm. Pele, no Pepsi, um, <laughs> is 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 that he wanted for 60th to score a goal against England. With his other hand. <laughs> and now yeah. he's in the hospital. And I know, and I, know I, t- I tweeted uh, uh, Alexi, uh, Alexis uh, um, from the soccer cooligans. He'd be like, dude, what's what's going on with our dad? Like, <laughs> all of our dads. Like, he's, he's like adopted all of us. And so like, we, like, we got to figure something out. I was like, I hope, so I'm hoping he pulls off. I'm hoping because. He's just, know, he's he so is, gangster. He's just gangster. That's right. It's like, he's like. If all anyone all makes a series of around. narcos, like a spinner of narcos, it has to be around Diego Armando Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> the impact that he um, has to have not only on um, uh, in soccer, but the aspect of like you know, we we saw um, what was we saw Apache, right? Someone needs to do an Apache version for Diego Armando Maradona, right? For sure. And I don't know who ever ever get approved, but when it does, because we already have a documentary, I haven't mm. been able to watch that still. Um, someone needs to create something like that because I think that's just something that, that needs to happen. And did I tell you all I went to one of his his houses or homes in Buenos Aires? No way, you did. Okay, go ahead. I did well. That that's it. I mean, we were, we were just I, t- I took a bike tour and it was actually a great way to uh, to learn ins and outs of at least the central part of the city. Yeah. And it it was one of those optional things where like the tour guy was like, oh yeah, you know, Mara, one of Maradona's houses or the one he likes to stay at is just a couple blocks away, and I was like. Let's go, you know, between like two, two, two or three lanes of, you know, how South Americans drive trying to like weave through all these like insane cars going 80 miles per hour. But it was it was neat. I mean, it was it was a cool house. Um, he wasn't there or maybe he wasn't. He was just avoiding us. I don't know. But I guess that's the closest I've ever been to him was just stopping by the front of his home. One of his homes. I'm, there's got to be more than one. One of many. Have I yeah. told you my uh, my Pelé experience? Mm-mm. Okay, so um, for the longest time, uh, I used to volunteer to be like a judge at um, uh, at the uh, USA Cup here in Blaine. Oh yeah. Right, and it was the year that I think believe it was the year that uh, the United States won the bid to host the World Cup, and so Pele flew in during USA Cup. And as field judges, we were invited to be part of this whole like, you know, ceremonial when he comes in and whatever and that. That's the ceremonial aspect of it, right? And we and we were helping out being like, I don't know, like what's the word called? Like 
like uh, human shields in the aspect of controlling controlling this controlling people, right? And I'm doing my job, right? Thinking no ifs and buts, I will ever be able to meet like one of the great soccer legends, right? And as I'm doing that, right, like my section is going nuts. And I'm looking at my section, I'm trying to control them. I was like, why are they going nuts? And I turn around and literally 10 feet from me is, is Pelé. Like wait, and he stopped and waved at our section even longer. Like, and I was like, at my point is like, at that point in my, in my soccer career was like, do I just turn around and go jump over the, the, the little <laughs> string fence that there is, right? And just hug them? Or now? do I just like keep doing my job? And that was like like the split second decision I had to do. And sometimes I'm really mad at myself for making the 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 adult decision at the age of like, I think I was like 18 or 19. I was like, you know what? I literally would have been like, fuck it. Turn around, hug the man, get scored out by blame police. Yeah, you know what happens when Blade Police scores you out? It's over, right? Right? I'm gonna have to at that point before GoFundMe, there would have been have to something would have had to happen for me able to. Well, get you know, what if I guess the question is at that moment was he Pele or was he Edison? Because if he was Edison, I don't know. He, he probably would have made a deal to to help you out somehow. I don't know. Well, I think at that point was he he was still Pele. I don't think I don't okay. think Pepsi was backing him up at that point. Yeah, so. yeah. See, there, that, yeah. The ninety four. I mean, ninety four was like the the highlight of like uh, of of U.S. involvement in soccer. I think for that right. matter. And I yeah. think that's what they, didn't, they didn't need him that much anymore. I gotta dig up this photo. I have a photo with his his footprints in bronze at the Minero and the big stadium in Belo Horizonte. That's, I guess that's the closest I've ever been to him. I've, I've been around his, his leftover feet prints. Um, getting back on track really quick. Uh, Champions League. I don't think there were any really huge surprises here. We already mentioned the, the SWAT is that, that was the highlight I think of that entire round. Really it's like, just, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. What a moment. Uh, Bridget, your Liverpool kind of went to town on Atalanta. Oh, had yeah. such a, Great run last year, but woof, they kind of put him to bed. Go ahead. <laughs> so Diogo Hota got a hat trick that match. Um, and Sala is now tied with Gerard for fastest to 20 goals. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff for you. Um, what else? I don't in the next round. I don't know, again, not really many big surprises. Like all the te- oh no, the the Istanbul team. That's the big surprise. The, the Bas Basaka Sehir. I'm not even gonna try. Istanbul team beat Manchester United two to one. That's, I guess that was the big one. I wasn't really following, but I got the score alerts, and I glanced at that one. And I was like, oh, Man United, and and I turned it off, and then I was like, wait a minute, Man United is yeah. much smaller than. <laughs> I had to go what I. What I've since learned, and I think, in fact, uh, Rodrigo mentioned the Kooligans. They were talking about this, too. I guess this is this is Erdogan's team, and so it's full of Erdogan money. <laughs> so there's actually, like, really – I don't remember looking through it, but there's there's names you would recognize because he yeah. put a lot of money into this team. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Probably for the bad. Wah, wah. <laughs> a Leipzig also beat PSG. PSG has been kind of up and down in, in the Champions League so far. In, in, interesting to watch. Leipzig, Leipzig. I'm being corrected on my uh, Deutsche. Leipzig. 
Leipzig. You must understand Leipzig. what is the connection of Leipzig, Leipzig to Minnesota United? Do you guys know? Leipzig. Right? Leipzig. I'm still being corrected. Go ahead. Do you know what the connection is between Leipzig, Leipzig. and Minnesota United? <laughs> no, I don't. Go ahead. Come on. So put the C and it involves the Red Bulls. Oh, oh yeah, call yeah, yeah, Caleb Kim, the the right, 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 right. Yeah, we talked about that, that it's in the contract. Right. But that's that's the thing where it's like it's like if you want a team, if if you if Caleb were to chosen to go to um and I love and I love the Mingos to go to the Mingos, these types of opportunities or connections are not there, right? Exactly. And so right now, like like Caleb's looking like the smart, smart person in deciding their career because if this if this team is playing um, Champions League on a regular basis, that means that at one point he's going to be if he does well enough, um, he, he's he's got a chance to be able to compete for a position on that team. So that's pretty awesome. Um, really briefly, I, I wanted to just do a uh, Sudamericana uh, little wrap here because there were some big surprises there too. Um, São Paulo FC was eliminated by Lanús. And Peñarol was eliminated by eliminated by Velez Sarsfield, which Sarsfield, which was um, uh, Amarillo's previous team. So, kind of some big names going away early. This this is just like the right. first. Not they haven't even transitioned to uh, round yeah, of sixteen but, yet. But Peñarol is trash at this moment, to be honest. With you. They are, they are, but it's it's still the the name and the history. And our uh, typical Uruguayan would be extremely happy that they're trash and they yes, got eliminated. Would. That is very so, true. So that is, that, is, that is one thing. And Novella Satterfield is always, you know, pulling out content. You know, they're, they're here and there. But so it's good. I mean, like, I haven't been able to follow as much as Sudamericana as I wanted to, just because I don't have the access as much as I want to. Yeah. So that's one of those things, right? But I, I think this, 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 um, this round is going to be extremely interested in the aspect of like, and we talked about MLS. Whoever has the better death is usually at better position to be able to succeed. And I think that's what Copa Libertadores, I think uh, qualifiers for the World Cup is going to rely extremely heavily on that. Uh, who is, who, what's death in? So like, I don't, you know, honestly, it's like Brazil does not make qualify to the World Cup. That is extremely going to be something that that um, is going to be talked about for years because if any any country has depth in the aspect of pool of players that they could be successful, it's it's, it's that. Argentina yeah, does too as well, but I think overall, just those two teams need to be able to to be better. And I think one of the surprising things of the of the qualifiers is Ecuador, right? Ecuador is doing a good job. They're the, right? They look great. And, and, and I think they've been able to finally find something that works for them because last mm -hmm. World Cup qualifier, they were trash. Mm -hmm. They true. were close, but still trash, right? And I think that's one of the things that, 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 that they are working on. And I think that's something that eliminates. But I really wish there was more coverage of like, or more tournaments for the women's national teams. Like I'm, 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 Definitely. I subscribe to like on Instagram and, and, and Twitter to the Peruvian women's national team. And like, they're always training and I see them training. I don't want to see a fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch a fucking game where like I get to see them play 
Me too. See how I'm, much they I want to see it on rabbit ears. Man. Give me, give me my rabbit ears. Regular TV, or I don't have. Right, a right, right. Like I totally get that. And and like for for Eric, like 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 I'm I'm his dealer in the aspect of like. <laughs> That's true. Actually, how to watch how to watch some of the stuff, and and we won't reveal how, because I I I because we we know that certain entities listen to this podcast so deeply, and and take notes. And They're all doing it notes. too. Just like Bridget interest said, all, all, all the media folks are doing the same thing. Right. They take they take notes in whatever we say, and then they analyze it and quantify it and put it into like scientific formulas to come up with some sort of statement later on that they will they will make uh, uh, that will affect all types of. It. But they, like like I like as I, much I as like I, Pisco Rodrigo. Uh, Pisco Rodrigo is always the best Rodrigo. Have you not noticed that? Uh, um, I wanted like, to ask. That, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to ask. So there, there were these matches from the the Concacaf League. They're calling it, and I'm not even sure what this is. It's not the Concacaf Champions League. I don't think. Do, do either of you two know what this is? It seems like it's 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 basically Central America, uh, mostly just Central America. But like, there's no teams from MLS. Obviously, I don't think there was any teams from Liga MX. I'm not sure. That's just my question. What is the CONCACAF League? Maybe Bridget could help me, but wasn't there recently like a, well, there's always a, a European aspect of like trying to debunk the EPL and create a different yeah. type of league. I think it's just something similar to that aspect of it. Yeah, but, kind of the, like the, the Super League uh, kind of thing that we're seeing with EPL and uh, the rest of Europe. Um <laughs> They kind of eliminate like like EPL is trying to eliminate playing like Bundesliga and those teams, so they're trying to go more regional. And I think South America is trying to do the same thing. Okay, right on. That helps. Um, so Bundesliga. Speaking of Bundesliga, they they're the big match today uh, was number one, number two, Bayern and Dortmund. And I just checked the score. It was Bayern three, Dortmund two for your final. And the cool thing about this one is there were two. American U.S. citizens, um, one on each side, for like probably the first time in history, I would imagine. Yeah. Pretty dope. That's the exciting part, right? I mean, like, yeah, we talked about the aspect of development and how we don't have an idea of what uh, U.S. soccer is trying to do, but here we are in a moment in where U.S. soccer players are are, are making their mark in European football. Right, yep. and I'm not only talking about the Western McKinney's and and the Christian politics of the world. I'm talking about like people being able to make rosters and get playing time mm-hmm. on European teams. And this is like the model that we've been trying to ask of like what's going to happen, right? Maybe it's COVID, right? In the aspect of like we have less players, of, uh, less is the pool of, of of people. But I also want to think that it's actually about talent, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's actually the fact that. If you buy a player from Italy or other places in Europe, it's going to be extremely more expensive if you invest a player from somewhere outside the area, right? And I think this proves that the United States and the central region of like Mexico and the United States has become now a place where scouts are investing their time, Yes. right? Right, and I, I'm hoping. My hope is this trickles down to the youth development level, yeah. into the MLS, into the NWSL, 
and to the local uh, clubs, right? Like the, the pay to play clubs that we have established and we can't deny that because that's establishment that as it is. And also to the partnerships and organizations that also do outreach and, and focus on, uh, on local aspects of it. I, I'm hoping that this makes an impact on the aspect of it that yes, this part of the region of the Americas has become a focus point for the rest of the world as to getting yeah. talent, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what one can wish for, right? Yeah. Taking a little and longer than I expected, but I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. Go ahead. And it's a worthwhile investment for Europe, then it's obviously a worthwhile investment for us internally. And, you know, they're not just going after the household names, like you said, uh, Pulisic and, uh, you know, you've got your Tim Howards and all of those guys, but they're going for these role players and these guys will just, you know, get minutes and play the game and help fill out the roster. So under them, 20, that's the other big thing too. Yep. Yep. Right. And that's the Get thing too, is like, it's like, that's the thing is like, you, you, you want players to be able to get minutes. And as much as we talk about Hairston and not getting and not having time or Edwards getting the time, but when they do get the time, uh, they take advantage of that and they'll be able to yeah. create positives. And this brings back to the aspect of like, you know, the unison agreement that, and at least in this podcast, it's like, why is it Edwards getting more minutes in the aspect of like his his creation of opportunities to create goals, right? And 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 if we are able to reach an agreement or reach an aspect of like um, this country's players are able to do that at a world stage, I think that's what we want, right? And I think that will help the aspect of like. And, and for me personally, that's how it affects youth development in Minnesota, or how it affects youth development overall in this in, in this in this country, right? Because there's nothing else as a parent who has a player who's an athlete to be able to see them have the dream to be able to be like, yo, I can play for X, Y, and Z team on a professional level, right? I mean, that's that's people tend to gravitate to. And personally, my kids, I just want them to play. And love the game and that's the thing like if they love the game and if isa watch at the age of 18 is coaching her own team and playing uh intramurals at her college that she decides to go to i'm content with the aspect of it i've done my job right yeah and i, and I think that's the thing that that, that, that I, I i think you're selling yourself selling yourself short there sir i believe the chicago red stars will be calling <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I leave those 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 uh those predictions up to somebody else that isn't me because I am biased. <laughs> but if we're going to talk, and I mentioned Easter Watch, and I might as well just mention this whole thing. Recently, we have the we had the a lot of teams, a lot of local St. Paul teams. I'm sure a lot of Minneapolis Minneapolis high schoolers uh, had their like like the soccer banquet via Zoom or whatever entity, and we happen to have ours as well, Como Park High School. And um, I must say that like, like hearing other people talk about your own kids and the aspect of the aspect of how they see the game and how they view the game and, and rate their skill 
in in an opportunity to you know to to say what you want to say is is humbling, but also gratifying. And so, um, Issa Watch, aka Isabella Sanchez Esparza, was nominated. It's on the honorable mention of the St. Paul City Conference. Uh, so that's one thing, but she also was able to, uh, she was named captain for her, on her senior year for her team, but also she oh, scored yeah. two goals and two assists. And mm-hmm. um, Issa's dream through every season she's had at Coma Park, so every season she's played soccer since she was uh, U9 has been able to score goals. And she was able to score two goals this season. So, you know, I'm always very proud of my kids uh, and the aspect of what they're achieving, but of us. mostly and the aspect of what they can become. And I think yeah. uh, that's one of the things that that, that that is humbling to me is watching someone else tell my kids what they what I see. But um, but that, that's the thing is like that's what builds the aspect of community in a sense, right? Like that's what gravitates you to to be like, okay, this is what this this entity is about like this is what this entity so like it was really nice to be able to and she scored three goals and i believe um two or three assists and so as an eighth grader that's an, an immense uh, we're living vicariously man we're absolutely living vicariously i mean honestly it's it's who knows the sky's the limit and that's a beautiful thing yeah. right right and i think that's that's the thing is like is like and and, and watching um young people see other people give them acclimates and then trying to figure out how they justify it is a process in itself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Specifically when you're trying not to be biased and I'm not trying to be biased, um, but that's one of the things that that that, that I, that's found enjoyment at least in, in this past week for me is just to be able to be able to see my kids get the accolades that, that I feel that they deserve and I'm looking forward to what will be hopefully a much better situation of soccer um, down the line for not only myself, but for anybody else who who enjoys the aspect of, of soccer overall, right? Like me, Eric, and Bridget, we'd love to be able to be in Minnesota United. We would be the Allianz Field, Cloud City, to be able to cheer our team. But... Currently, we're not, right? We want to be able to see all the international happenings. I mean, like, seriously, like, next year or whenever this thing is still figured out or whenever we finally get to get a hand on the aspect of where we are with this pandemic, we want to be able to congregate with people not only who believe in the aspect of the beautiful game, but who also believe in each other, right? Aww. Definitely. Right. And that's what that's what I miss the most is the aspect of it, you know, and, and Pisco Rodrigo is the best Rodrigo <laughs> you can find. I, I was going to say it, but you beat me to it. Okay, but, let's wrap it up. I, 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 that's Pisco good. Rodrigo is the best Rodrigo you can find. Right. It's pretty good. Uh, and, I, and I think that's one of those things back. And, 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 and one of the things that I truly miss is the aspect of um, being able to congregate the people who I respect and admire and also um, relate to, right? And I think that's one of those things right now is like, we missed a human interaction and I can't get that human interaction. As much as I'm an introvert, right? I still I still want that human interaction, right? Yeah. But, um, and, and I also want, you know, kids, kids to be able to not only 
have that interaction, but I also want them to succeed in that aspect of it, right? The, the Peace School brings out this this eloquent Shakespearean uh, soliloquy uh, of Rodrigo. It's it's, it's you, know, you know what I think I should do like, is I should drink pan, more Peace School pentameter. And, and write more poems. That's what I need yeah, to do. I, I should need, so. I, I should I should read I should drink more Peace School and write more poems on the aspect of it. But well, I, let me just I think this good. this brings up exactly to what our 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 question from the uh, United uh, show to United fans show was was. If you have to fill Joe's cabinet with loons players, yep. who would you choose to in what positions? So, Bridget's got some ideas. I'll let her go. I'm still thinking on this. Um, Boxall, Secretary of Education. You sure it's not Secretary of Defense? Well played. <laughs> that too <laughs> <laughs> or would alonzo be secretary of defense i like that i like that i, I like I, li- I like um i like that i would put reynoso secretary of education in the aspect of creativity right. because well, creativity is about not only learning from your mistakes but to be able to give the freedom to create them so who's who's uh who's chief of staff well that's a tough who's, one because that, because that, that one to me, I would almost be more of a Reynoso kind of keeping everybody in line and bringing the creativity yeah. and organization. You don't, you don't see Ozzy as doing that. He's defense. Just we being... disagreed. <laughs> or not? <laughs> this, this is going to be all over the place. This is. I'm, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'm um, just okay. you know, like, let's let's go down the roster, right? I mean, like, I think. Um, I think Sinclair is at a position right now where he's at, but he's also um, creating those leadership positions. So, like, um, yeah. um, I would put him in housing, right? Housing, right? Um, the executive director of housing, or whatever that position was that Julian Castro was in. I yeah. think we need someone with, who's young and with willing to make mistakes and good ideas to be able to create that position. I like it. Look, Eric, you're the most political out of all of us in this conversation. Why did you start throwing well, out some is, things? I'm not like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking some things up here. Like I'm, I'm a little bit out of the whole, uh, tra- tra- traditional scene. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the capitalist electoral scene is, is not exactly where I spend my time. Um, but let me throw some out here. Um, so how about uh, Secretary of Agriculture? That's a tough one. Who's going to take that one? I give it to Aha. Mate? Plant mate everywhere? Mate. Exactly. Mate. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Commerce. Commerce then. Uh... I say Molino, hot boy sell. Okay, that's fair. Uh, energy. Finley. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Finley good. and Edwards, a close second. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's a good one. Health and human services. Oh, that's a tough one because I, I know, like, 
I know like Ozzy has been like in and out and he's trying to take care of his health. But I want to give it to the most consistent, healthy person on this roster. And that probably has to be Gregush in my mind. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you already did housing. How about uh, interior? What's the interior do? <laughs> uh, parks, <laughs> national parks and stuff. Yeah. Where where's Lloyd gonna go? That's that's the big question. Oh, there we go. <laughs> On the right side. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make Ruth the interior. He's always just going back and forth. Can can we make him homeland security? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh, let's hear your argument with homeland security way for another another piece I, into I, my bottle. I I, I, I really car. don't have one. I just I just thought it was funny. <laughs> All right, I'm all for uh, loot for Homeland Security. So then we've so got... Uh... Go ahead. As usual, there's news that happens as we record. Oh, we'll get this one. Uh, let me pull it up again. So, international call-ups. We've been talking about some of these already. Um, so after tomorrow's match, we have four players leaving for international duty. They are Jan Gregush, Robin Lude, Metinair, and Kamara. Oh, wow. Wow. So, That's nuts. Yep. Yikes. So they will not be available for at least the first playoff. The first, first, second. I mean, once they finish quarantine, that it probably be game three. So Maybe we'll see the Reno guys. Bring in the Reno guys. I think that's exactly what happened, right? Oh. I mean, that's the reason we th- we signed them because we thought yeah. we were going to. Because yeah, we knew we were going to le- lose at least one or two. Wow. Because these players are, are won't be available for the playoffs, or will they, Bridget? I can't think of time. That's right I mean, like at least the first game or two, because then they'll have to do. I mean, they'll do quarantine before they even go in to play international, and then they'll have to do quarantine coming back in. Yeah, so and that's like it's like it's four. interesting because like the the NFL quarantine is five days, I think, right? Yeah, and the MLS quarantine is ten days, so there's yeah. a it's an interesting discrepancy there's, between. Two. I mean, there's there's some leagues that actually go on science, and there's some leagues that just kind of pick a random arbitrary number. So yeah, or yeah, they they, they get the guys. sided they get the nerdy twenty sided die that they use for Dungeons and Dragons, and they just <laughs> roll it. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever comes Let's wrap up, it up oh, here. the number you got to do. We, we've definitely traditionally passed our one hour mark. So well done. Uh, <laughs> transportation, treasury, and veterans affairs. Ooh, veterans affair. Jeez. Um, who's the most tenure Emma, Emma, um, on our roster? I guess that's my question. Kamara. All right, Kamara, veterans. Yeah. Veterans affairs. What were the other two? Transportation and Treasury. Who's who's money bags? Oh man, that's a good one. Jeez, um, I say Hayes, just because they want to give Hayes a position. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think that we got to give. Um, uh, bleh, now, now my names are getting away from me. Um, 
Who's our, our, our midfield superstar youngster guy? Can just escape my name right, oh, that's in my head right now. Dotson. Dotson needs something. So maybe can we give him transportation? I can see that. I'm all for it. He yeah. does okay. move a lot. If you, if you see his map, he moves yeah. everywhere. He's everywhere. So perfect. And he helps everyone perfect. else move everywhere as well. Exactly, right? He I helps understand. everyone get everywhere. Perfect. We did it. We did, <laughs> we did it, two United fans. <laughs> Caleb, probably, I'm assuming. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Mostly Caleb, right? <laughs> Notch doesn't check anymore. He, he's he's yeah, far yeah. removed from this aspect. That's definitely of a Caleb question. <laughs> All right. Well, tomorrow we got big matches, a Liverpool, Man City for uh, for Bridget. I'm going to check out the Wolves and Leicester, but we got to wrap this thing up. I'll be watching Thank Wolves you. and Leicester too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Peacock. Right. <laughs> I'll be watching MLS Decision because MLS Decision is probably one of the yeah, funnest times I've had. Huh? Right, because – MLS uh, decision day is one of the funnest things to watch, and MLS actually. If anyone ever asks me, like I have, I have friends on uh, WhatsApp asking me, like, so what do you watch for soccer? I'm like, well, what's this? I watch that. Well, when it comes to MLS decision day, that's probably what I'll be watching most of the day because usually the MLS decision days are crazy. Like yeah. you don't know what happens. There'll be like a four three four three win that determines someone who goes. <laughs> into the playoffs or not i mean like i don't i you know i would it would be far-fetched to watch either this united or colorado uh-uh. rapids do that kind of type of thing all right let's wrap it up thank you rodrigo bridget listeners thank you as well um it's a lovely day get outside and once again we had, we had another beer update i posted it for our patrons it's looking really really yummy so patreon.com backslash yes, uh, yes. mn football show it's coming i know it is and, looking great like yeah i salivated at the videos that we get on our slack channel <laughs> so if you want to be able to be part of our slack channel as eric said patreon.com mn football show right there you go i mean there's more content to be driven out i actually thought about we need Pisco Rodrigo, recording. just like Pisco Rodrigo yeah. rants. This is yeah, this that's is what best. I want to do. It's like I think I, now I think it's one of the things that I, I, I was super close to recording a uh, after the match uh, reaction, and I think this next one on Sunday, I'm just gonna make sure I have Pisco in me and oh, I'll have yeah. Pisco Rodrigo rants, and and I'm gonna post that. And so oh, I'm gonna have to beautiful. get in touch with Eric on the aspect of passport because I'm not very good with passport. Easy, it's so, easy. So we'll we'll get that done. And look forward to a, a Pisco Rodrigo rant. Um, oh, on, listener, on listeners Sunday. are going to go up. Subscribers are going to go through the roof. <laughs> All right, everybody. Obrigado. Thank you. Thank you.